morning, team. Did you read it? I read too. I've added my new figure in there. I've crossed out a bit, sorry. Just chatting away as you do when you've had a piece of chocolate. Did you, have, you had a piece of chocolate, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yes. I didn't even want it. Now I no, just I know. Steal from you. Oh, listen, I don't call it stealing. I call it grand theft <laughs> on a huge, huge basis. No, I don't mind, seriously. So I'm, I was going to ask you actually very quick, yeah, just before you go today, uh, Wayne Rooney, front front of the sun today. Yeah, they've actually got a picture of the two lovely, classy ladies. They look lovely, don't they? Don't they really look absolutely classy? <laughs> I'd, to, I'd like to go for a drink with them. I so want to be a tax man checking up on there because <laughs> normally the the one who said she was getting twelve hundred quid a time from him is seventy five quid up against the back of a car, <laughs> so she's not a lot of money. But what I want to know is. Apparently, he flies back today. Yeah. And Colleen, apparently, is ready for a showdown. She is. And, she's, and, and the, the papers are saying, but what can she say to him? So you went with these two old brasses, mm. you know, not once, but quite a few times. Do you, think, do you think either of them will be getting a letter from the Inland Revenue today about a, a, a miscalculated tax? Yes. <laughs> yes. You owe us a lot more money than we thought if you're 1,200 quid a time. <laughs> but, I mean, to be honest with you, should, should Colleen ditch him? Answer... Absolutely. Yeah, I think that would be brilliant. She's got her own career. Yes. What I love the most, though, and I know I don't usually like the front page of the Daily Star, but the uh, oh, yes. uh, the ugly tax. They said that they charged him, they charged him ugly money. Yes. Um, yes, an ugly tax. An ugly tax, which which would have put it more than twelve hundred. <laughs> but I, I find it funny. Two things I found funny. First of all, she's now described as a fame hungry prostitute. <laughs> Well, that meant a fame-hungry prostitute. And the other thing was Gavin Henson, who now has seemed to forget that he's sort of a pancake-wearing rugby player mm. and now thinks he's some sort of celebrity. Yeah, he does. Have you heard him talk? So brilliant. Oh, my God. Dear me. Very dull. Anyway. Anyway, must God be off. kept you. Yeah, that's all right. Nice to see you, though. Mercedes is waiting. That waiter's fallen off, hasn't it? You're so lucky before your holiday. You can now lie on the beach and the tide will still come in. <laughs> You're all right. Thank you for the compliment. You're welcome. See you later. See you. Bye. Bless him. He can wear a jean jacket at his age. I can't wear a jean jacket. I've got a jean jacket at home, and I quite like it. I'm trying to find at the moment. Oh, blimey, you'd think I'd, I was looking for something, you know, really extraordinary. But I had a really nice leather jacket some years ago. Morning, incidentally. And, and it's got what I call straight pockets. Not pockets at an angle, but pockets straight. So you can keep stuff in there and it doesn't fall out. Because otherwise you sit down on a train and bits fall out. And then yesterday, I got in, because I was here quite late, because we talked to Rolf Harris yesterday. Uh, uh, uh. What, what a nice man. What a nice man. Rolf Harris yesterday. You'll hear that coming up very shortly. He's got an exhibition. I'll get all the details, and, uh, and I'll start mentioning the exhibition that Rolf's got coming up over the next couple of days, and probably over this Sunday as well. And then you'll hear him as part of the new series of In Conversation. Lovely, lovely, lovely. What we're going to do is we, we're going to try and get people in for half hours, so we can, we'll, we'll get through a lot more celebrities and, uh, and we get a lot more conversation in. So we'll do, we'll do two because it's worked out very well so far throughout the summer as we've rerun all of the people. And we've had great feedback on that. So we'll, we'll do that for you. And um, I was going to say, I was thinking about that. That's right. So he's actually coming up. I forgot I was going with that conversation. Oh, yes. So I was here, here late yesterday. And, uh, and I didn't rush to go home. I was chatting to Courtney downstairs and uh, chatting to Gary on the reception. Because I'd had a parcel delivered from America. In fact, actually, yesterday must have been American Parcel Day. Because when I got in, there was an envelope that I'd been waiting from, uh, from America. And it seemed to have taken weeks. Because if you send stuff, surface mail from America, it takes like three weeks. Whereas if I, normally I get stuff FedExed over. And then unfortunately it gets a bit confusing. Because even though it's got Steve Allen, the invoice for the FedEx ends up with our, our, um, 
uh, accounting department in Reading. So they generally sort of send me a, an email saying, we've got this FedEx bill, <laughs> would you like to pay it? Because so, I always, I don't have a problem paying these things. And uh, so I, uh, this other stuff came free, and they did it surface mail, and it arrived in there. And then yesterday, I'd ordered something from another company, and I thought, it's just going to come in a little... But no, it came in this huge box. And Gary on reception is going, what's that, what's that? I said, I'm not going to tell you. I'm just absolutely not going to tell you. I said, because it will drive you mad. Nothing worth, worse is, is the, you know, when, when somebody will not tell you what's in a parcel. So just to make it even more annoying, I opened the parcel and took out the thing, but he's still none the wiser. So I've decided not, not to tell him what it is in there. He's just so nosy. And so I went home very happy because I've got these things. I sat in and uh, I was watching a bit of television and I was going to watch Field of Dreams, but I didn't because Ray had sent me in, if you remember from yesterday, Alice Fay on This Is Your Life. There's a load of other ones coming out which I'm going to start watching, but the Alice Fay one was fabulous because at the end, Bob Hope comes on with his wife Dolores. And it was just... It was re- you suddenly realise when you watched Alice Faye, who was big musical star in the 30s in the Hollywood movies, and they did her on that. Oh, here we go. Look at this. Honestly, any free food around the place, you're, you're just hopeless, aren't you? You just cannot resist a giant strawberry in your hands. Look at the size of that. That's Christo, actually, with the jar. Yes, I mean, the, the producer doesn't do things. She just really lies on her back and they drop grapes in her mouth. She's a little bit like, sort of... <laughs> so, anyway, so, so Alice Faye comes on to do this thing, and it's Eamon, Eamon Andrews, and it's done in, in America. And it's, it's really... I mean, I don't know how old she was when it was done, Ray, but the quality was fabulous. And they brought on all these people. And you suddenly realise what a big star this woman was. And they brought on that guy, and I can't remember his blasted name now, but he did a lot of films, Fred McMurray, I think it was, and he did films where he had a scout troop. He looked exactly the same. Some of these people, and you think, you were around in the Hollywood heyday. You were a Hollywood star. And it was just, it was just really wonderful, and it just made you think that all these people who've been big in the movies, uh, people like Alice Faye, and I went to the Night of a Hundred Stars down at the Dominion Theatre years ago, and they were all there, including Ginger Rogers, and you went, oh, my God, it's Ginger Rogers. Ginger Rogers? It's blooming Ginger Rogers! It's like you can't believe that these... You only ever see them on the silver screen. Whereas they then brought out a few of our lot from EastEnders, and it wasn't half as exciting. You know, Ginger Rogers, Miss Patsy Palmer. You know, it's it's nice, but it's not quite the same at all. But uh, all in all, both Ginger, of course, love Ginger. I love Ginger. I've got a friend of mine, Giles, and he refuses to accept the fact he's ginger. He thinks he's strawberry blonde. But he's just, they always say that, don't they? But he's, he's definitely ginger. Slightly dark ginger. Because I asked him the other day, I said, what, what colour do you think you are? He said, I'm, I'm brown. And, no, you're not. You know, if you're ginger, be proud. I, I think ginger is really attractive. Some people go, ooh, I don't like ginger. I mean, I'm, I'm just lucky that I'm, I'm naturally blonde. Uh, well... Today I'm naturally blonde, last week. I, I was thinking the other day, should I have some highlights put in? And I thought, bit silly, Steve, because you've got nothing to attach them to. You know, they'd have to put some extra hair in your head. And I don't know where you get hair this fine from. Back of a hamster, I should imagine. So uh, I thought, there's not much point. And then, listening to Christo, he was talking about who's actually going into the Strictly Come Dancing programme. But the funniest thing, and I'm going to have to show this to the producer when she comes in and brings the news headlines, because I don't want to be rude... But I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to be... I know it's not like me at all, but they've actually got the secrets of the men in the Daily Star who pay for sex, OK? Men who quite freely admit that they go to hookers 
And, um... They're all young, though. There's one here, Mike Queen, who's 21. Nick Carter is 23. Um, and then they've got two old brasses. One who is described as a high-class call girl. Well, I mean, I, I can't be that rude about her, but God in heaven, if you paid for this, you'd have to be desperate. She apparently charges up to £1,200 a night. Well, do you know, I'd rather save the money and spend it on a bargain bucket of Kentucky. Because, you know... And then they've got another girl here, Donna Derriere. Now, the producer is... I mean, she's going to come in and she's going to agree with me. Because this woman here is 28. She charges... I mean, notice, nobody admits that they're just 20 quid against the back of a Ford Zephyr. They're all admitting that this one here is up to £750 a night. She's Welsh and uh, she's proud of her work. I mean... (laughs) Well, anyway, she says here she's gone from pulling pints, her previous work was as a barmaid, and uh, she now claims, I can now earn in a few hours what I earned in a week. And apparently it it was the credit crunch which saved her from a humdrum existence. And she said, I got laid off, as opposed to just laid. And um, and she says, uh, a friend of mine was earning bucket loads of money and asked me if I wanted to sign up. I signed up up with two agencies. In my first week, I earned over £1,000 charging £200 an hour or £750 a night. So she got five hours work in the first week because she's not a looker, let me tell you now. Or failing that, she said, £750 a night. It makes me feel special to know men are willing to pay hundreds of pounds for a few hours with me. They must be bloody desperate, love. They must be. If that's the best that Welsh Wales has got to offer, God in heaven, there's hope for heifer-lumps everywhere. Because the high-class call girl, whose name is Zaina. Um, the only thing high class about her is probably the fact she's tall. The other one, Donna Derriere, reckons she's bedded footballers. You liar. I mean, you've only got to look at her to realise a footballer wouldn't be remotely interested in this thing. When you look at the one that Wayne Rooney bedded, I guess a bit rough as well. There's something about these girls. They, they've got soulless eyes because they sleep with hundreds of men. The prostitute that Wayne slept with has quite freely admitted that she doesn't normally get 1,200 quid a night. She's, she's been known to do it for 75 quid. <laughs> Unfortunately, she was feeding a drug habit. So, I mean, that, that generally... You know, you go down King's Cross this time in the morning, 10, 20 quid. But this, uh, this, this Welsh girl... I'm going to search the producer just in case she thinks I'm being particularly rude this morning. OK, this is Donna Derriere, OK? That's a good name. 750 quid... Okay. There you go. Thank you. I rest my headlines there. Yes, let's. I mean, if that can get seven hundred and fifty quid, I mean, and this this one here, that's a high class call girl. Oh right. Yeah. Just so you know what they look like now. (laughs) Rough as hell. I mean, is that? I mean, I just find it amazing that she seriously thinks she's a high class call girl. She says uh, she doesn't feel guilty sleeping with married men. Yeah, but that's who most of their clients are—married men. You know, as, as we said yesterday, most men. During wife's pregnancy, most men stray because that's when women go off sex. When they're pregnant, they go off sex because it's uncomfortable and they just, they've just gone off it. So most men stray and that's where these old brasses come in. Any old street corner, any old phone box. Hello, you know, we, we've spoken to people. I've spoken to the English collective of prostitutes time and time again over the years. And, and it used to be... 
the uh, the trains. Remember the away days? They used to call it the have it away days because they'd come down from Liverpool to London to work in, you know, tatty old brothels, sleeping with any old thing, and then go back with their money at the end of the day. So they were known as the have it away days. Nowadays, of course, they, uh, they freely go in the papers and go, yes, I'm a prostitute. And all I keep thinking is, how proud must your parents not be to actually realise that that's, you know, the education that they've given you and you've ended up lying on your back doing an impression. Well, anyway, let's just call it bury me in a Y-shaped coffin kind of syndrome. These are the headlines. The Underground says it's operating a normal service this morning following the strike, but the threat of more action remains. The next planned walkout is in less than a month. Two other strikes before Christmas are also on the cards. 10,000 people who work for the social housing firm Connaught waiting to hear if their jobs can be saved. The business, which maintains council homes and housing association properties, appointed administrators last night. And anti-war protesters say they'll be out in force when Tony Blair heads to a party later at the Tate Modern to mark the launch of his new book. At the weekend, there were scuffles in Dublin, which led him to cancel an appearance in Piccadilly today. Check on the roads for you this morning. Much easier. Jay Louise. Thanks. Morning from 7, LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. I keep thinking it's Thursday. Wait a minute. Nope, it's not Thursday. It's still only Wednesday. And for some reason, I was thinking, Paul Savory's back today. He'll have my jackets, my shirts. I can't wait because I've, I've ordered, as you know, some shirts in Thailand where you can get handmade silk shirts for 20 quid. You take over a shirt. They will measure that up. So you don't even need to be there. And they will then... And I, he said, what, what sort of material? I said, well, just silk because I like the silk shirts, because you can screw them up. I'm going away, as you know, to Las Vegas, or Las Wages, Nevada, and I'm going to go over there, and I thought, the best thing I can pack, I'm just going to take a pair of trousers, pair of jeans, casual jacket, because in the middle of the desert, it's going to be baking hot. Nobody's going to ask you to wear a suit. I should take... Most of my luggage now, at my age, is taken up with medicine. So that's the great thing. You end up stacked with boxes and all that kind of stuff. So uh, to take some nice silk shirts, you take them out, you hang them up, no creases. And I, th- I just think it looks a bit better, so I'm going to spend a lot of time sunbathing and uh, probably frequenting the strip, you know, hanging around and probably putting... I might even put a shilling in a fruit machine. I don't know. I'm a bit mean when it comes to things like that. Actually, it's not, because Christo was talking about people who are not mean. And I'm, I'm not a mean person. I'm always the first one. If you actually... I mean, I'll, I've been known to buy meals for perfect strangers on many occasions. Uh, yes, it's, it's been seen, the producer says. I, she's seen me do it. I have done it. It depends on... Yes, I mean, I, I, I bought ten, ten people dinner one night. I didn't know half of them. I only knew a few of us. <laughs> I just Because, to be honest with you, it was only a hundred and... Whatever it was, 140 quid or something. Yeah, but for ten people's dinner, I thought that was quite, quite nice. What I'm trying to do, I'm trying to build up a, a lot of people who are going to come to my funeral. I don't want it to be an empty event. I want lots of people to be there. So they go, ooh, big send-off, you know. I'm going to have an open coffin. I'm going to have it fitted with a little thing inside so I can open the lid and go... And then I'm going to wave. I'm going to have my hand fixed to the lid, so I wave. And then it goes back down again. <laughs> I know, it's a bit sad, isn't it, really? But I, I, I don't want a quiet send-off. I'm really going for it big time. You know, brass band, you know, woo, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And then I'm going to be scattered in this building. I've decided. No, I'm not, actually. I think it's Richmond Bridge. And then somebody said to me, you can't do that. You have, you have to get permission. You know, you just can't scatter. At-. I said, well, nobody will know what it is. I've given Giles instructions. I said, you, you take down the little... Well, it'll be fairly big vase. I said, and you just make sure the wind's in the right direction. We don't want any mistakes on this kind of thing. Now, on the programme today, Jonathan Levi will be in to take a look at the papers. 
Uh, and to be honest with you, I don't have a copy of the Mirror, so I don't know what the Mirror are saying today, unless they've got some red-hot exclusive. Um, apparently, uh, that the red-hot X Factor favourites, Cher Lloyd and Leanne Payne, have spent an intimate night together. He's 16, she's 17. Have you noticed that every time there's an X Factor, they always do these stories where they go, oh, two of them are getting together. So we then watch it and go, oh, that's interesting. You know, and then we go, no, it's just made up, isn't it? They get, yeah, but it gets publicity for a programme. Because I suppose the public quite like the idea that two people on the show at 16 and 17 are going to get together, whereas she looks as emaciated as a, as a stick-thin pencil, and he just looks like your average spotty 16-year-old. So they're not really in a relationship because they're both going to be very competitive, I hope, and, and put it. Robbie Williams has fallen in love again with another house. Now, you remember the last time poor dipstick Robbie bought a house. He then got stuck with it. He paid eight million. Then it went on the market for just under eight. Nobody's interested. He never even lived in it. I saw it twice in Country Life. It's still on the market, as far as I know. Anyway, now he's seen a Tudor stately pile in Kent with a price tag of five million. They say he wants a place in the country where he can settle down with his new Mrs Ada. Well, to be honest with you, Robbie... But why don't you just stay in America? That's where you're going to end up. There's, there's nothing here for you, apart from a take-that-tour, and you could practically rehearse that, you know, via the internet. But he's got his house in America. Uh, he's already bought a place here before. You know, what's the point of rattling around in a £5 million pile for two people? Seems a bit ludicrous, doesn't it? Apparently, the hooker number two... Give the strikers threesome. This is the threesome he had. I don't know. Do you know, I must be really old-fashioned. People say to me, have you ever had a threesome? I don't, I don't know what you mean. And yet, here's a footballer that I don't know very much about. He's apparently an athlete on the pitch, and he gave us both a good workout, says Helen the hooker. Ooh, whoopee. It's strange, actually, because the other one reckoned it was over in seconds. So, uh, to be honest with you, Colleen, perhaps it was for her, actually, yes. There's always one, isn't there? There's always the one left it to the, to the side. Oh, you're not very exciting, are you? Here's poor Colleen, Croydon facelift. She says uh, she wanted to try for a second baby. Now Wayne has destroyed her dream. Well, he's only slept with a couple of brasses, dear. He's not killed anybody. Come on. Listen, at least you know he's, he's up for it. Come on. God, blimey, lighten up. Lighten up. It doesn't make that much difference, does it? It really doesn't. Oh, remember I told you the other day about Goldie's son, convicted of murder. He's been sentenced to 21 years. That'll be nice, won't it? And I know people say, well, parents can't look after their children, but I think parents are duty-bound to make sure that their children do not stray from the path. I mean, he's quite clearly a piece of filth. His name's Jamie Price. He's 23. He's going to serve 21 years. What a prat. You know, know, (laughs) I don't understand these people now who go out. I was watching a programme this morning on the telly. Now I've got these Freeview channels, and God knows I've got enough Freeview channels. What are they full of? cop programmes, cops with cameras, you know, overnight cops, night cops, and they follow the police force around as they deal what's basically a bunch of drunks who I'd mace every one of them. I wouldn't mess around with it. What, why, why bring seven coppers in who might get assaulted when you can get a can of mace and go, down now, aren't you? And you've got filthy women out there getting drunk. There was one last night, the obscenities... I've never done it. She's covered in tattoos, so we know what, what sort of person she is. She's just one above the old hookering type. And she's out there, and she's effing and blinding at the cops, kicking, biting. I'd have just, you know, maced her and let her fall to the ground. Then there's another woman, and this was in... Where was it? it whatever it was, it was somewhere like Salisbury, which you imagine is quite posh. 
It is during the daytime. Sadly, at night time, it turns into this filthy hellhole. And here is a woman, and what does she do? She's a police waster. She goes to a phone box. She's a drunk. She's only about 23, and she phones 999 just to get the police there. And they know her, so they turn up, she's in there, and she goes, yeah, because I've taken poison. Now, unfortunately, the police know her so well, they know she hasn't, but they can't leave her. So on this particular occasion, she's there doing her whole... Dr- she's a bit like Nicky out of Big Brother, a whole attention-seeking act. And the policeman's saying to her, you're just, you're just an attention-seeker, aren't you? I've taken... Po-. And then at one point, she just drops to the ground. And he goes, oh, good. He said, when, when, when you die, he says, you're supposed to stop breathing. You're still breathing. So she gets up, she goes, I want an ambulance. So they have to call an ambulance. They're duty-bound. The ambulance has to come from Milton Keynes, 23 miles away. So it can't have been Salisbury, can it? So they waste an ambulance. An ambulance is wasted to come all the way over there for this stupid girl. When, when the ambulance gets there, she goes, I don't want to get in the ambulance. I want to know what's happened to my cat. And I'm thinking, there's two police officers here. There's an ambulance and you're a very stupid person. So they then stand there patiently. Right, you can either get in the ambulance and go to the hospital, get checked over. Or you can get in the police car. And we will take you to the hospital. Because by now, the ambulance crew know exactly who she is. They don't want to take her. She's a very stupid little non-entity. In the end, they handcuff her because she becomes violent and abusive. They take her to the hospital. And she starts screaming, all hell is breaking loose outside. And I thought, and this is what you join the police for? No, you don't. Why should you have to put up with these stupid people? It costs so much money. I'd give her a bill or failing that. Why don't we just do what I said a few weeks ago? We charter a big aircraft. We put all these numpties in there. We go over the ocean. We open the door and you're parachuting. Goodbye. Whoosh. Out. It seems a little bit draconian, but frankly, you know, the government don't seem to be able to do anything. There was the most awful scenario in the papers the other day of a of a, a lady. I mean, it, how you make this decision, I do not know. Anyway, she's uh, out with her two children, little girl and her 16-year-old son, and the car crashes and goes into a river. And she manages to, because once she, I don't know if you, we have to think about this, but once the car goes underwater, it's sealed. To open a window and get out is nigh on impossible, but she manages to do it and get out, and she manages to swim down, and she has to make an agonising decision whether to rescue her daughter at two or her son at 16, because she cannot rescue them both, and she rescues her daughter at two, and her son drowns in the car. The the most agonising decision you could ever make as a parent. His, His funeral is taking place today, and you can only imagine how awful that woman feels. And that's why when I see these stupid bloody people on the television wasting the police time and you look at what decision this woman had to make and then you read stupid people in the Big Brother house. Oh, I'm stressed. Oh, I've had an awful life. No, you've had nothing. Nothing compared to what this woman's going through. Nothing at all. OK, so you've had a... You know, maybe you didn't get your photograph taken by as many paparazzi as you thought. This woman had to make the decision. You, nothing at all, waste of space. These sort of people we just kick out. They're waste of waste of time in this country. You don't need them. You really don't make them. And I only just discovered who is doing the celebrity come dine with me. I didn't realise. We know that Lembic No Talent Opic, whose career as a comedian died, and his claim to fame is he went with a cheeky girl. Guess who else they're actually putting in there? I was so horrified. Frankly, I thought she'd disappeared up her own rear end. Yes, that well-known talent, Jodie Marsh. 
morning, everybody. Th- I was going to say Thursday morning. It's not. It's Wednesday morning. Why do I think it's Thursday? Why do I keep thinking it's... I'm wishing this week away, strangely. Lots- oh, wait a minute. The rocking chair's back again. Have you noticed the light's just come on again? Just come back again. I think it's a cardboard cutout in that window over there. It's all a bit frightening, isn't it? It's some- you think it's somebody praying. What, on a rocking chair? I rock backwards and forwards, but I mean, that's just... Oh, I want a drink. I want a drink. I want a drink. I want a Mars bar. I want a Mars bar. Um, how does one qualify, says uh, Deirdre from Singapore, as a high-class call girl? Do they walk around with a certificate testifying to, to that fact? The answer is I don't know. He says, I can't imagine why anybody would pay £1,200 unless they can get a money back so there's no risk guarantee for a service that, based on skills and training required to perform, is probably worth what London's minimum wage is. Here's something. What actually did... I love it when they go, I'm a high-class call girl. And then you look at me and go, no, you're not, dear. I've seen high-class call girls. The trouble is, the high-class call girls you'd never see. And the reason you'd never see them is they, they don't hang around like the old things that you see in the newspapers. They did a programme on the television where they looked at uh, prostitution. And they had one woman, and she would be seen as uh, not high class, but she was a woman who had only five clients. And these five clients paid for her flat in Knightsbridge, and she was available to them all the time. That's what she did. So these men would uh, club together. They all knew she had four other boyfriends. So there were, there were five in total. And, and that was how she worked. She had a nice car. She had a, an account at a couple of top London stores. And, and that's how it worked. Then, of course, you get the really high-class ones who have flown around the world. Some of them can be very famous people. In fact, we've had quite a number of so-called famous models who turn out to be prostitutes at the same time because they're mainly feeding a cocaine habit and they fly them around the world. There are certain people who will pay £5,000. So when you get that old thing from, uh, from Cardiff who goes, I'm, I'm A-class, you know, £1,200 a night, they're not really. What they're saying is, I've only ever been paid that once in my life. The rest of the time, I'm turning tricks for about 25 or 30 quid. Because you're, you don't determine high-class, and if you're high-class, you certainly don't go in the papers. That's why, when, when they, it was blown wide open in America, and it turned out that Peter Sellers' uh, daughter was working for an agency that supplied high-class prostitutes, all they had was a list of names. They didn't have anything else. The girls didn't walk up and down Sunset Boulevard like Divine Brown. They weren't that sort of tramp. They went out there. They looked glamorous. I mean, when I say glamorous, they looked like, and many of them are, international models. In fact, many, many of them are international models who can earn, you know, somebody would pay twenty, thirty thousand pounds a night for somebody. So when they go, I'm high class at seven fifty, they're really not. They're really not. And it's it's rather a shame because you look at the picture of and think, God, who'd pay that for you? And the answer is nobody would. They just make it up. It's a bit like watching this year's ballroom celebrities. As Christo said earlier on, we've heard of all of them. It's just that my God, we've scraped the barrel. Goldie. <laughs> what a waste of space. Jimmy Mystery. Not quite like Jimmy Mystery. He's only in everything that's got the word East in it. And, uh, and, <laughs> and uh, Matt Baker. Now, he's getting on my nerves already, Matt Baker. Exactly. Famous for um, Blue Peter. That was it. And he does, he does a few country things. A bore of the First Order. N- not a very good presenter. He's done a few bits on the one show proving that he's really out of his depth. Gavin Henson. Apparently Welsh rugger bugger, but a little bit vain, Gavin, putting on the thick tan. If you, you actually hear him speak, you'll wet yourselves laughing, I promise you. Scott Maslin. Yeah, 
EastEnders, actor there, famous for fluffing his lines, of course, on the live episode. In fact, he was so rubbish, I think he'd need to get out of there and apologise to actors everywhere. Peter Shilton, retired goalkeeper. What do you do if you're a retired goalkeeper? You sit at home twiddling your thumbs till a reality show comes along. And Paul Daniels. No. Ooh, it's magic. Ooh. He'll, he'll do all right. Now, yes, he'll have to put... You don't want anybody tall with him. But actually, most of the girls... Yeah, M- M- Lily, well, it's, it's going to be announced later on who they're dancing with. Uh, so there's not much to choose there. On the women front, uh, Felicity Kendall, Pamela Stevenson. She'll do quite well, actually, Pamela. Married to Billy Connolly. Tina O'Brien. Exactly. We, 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 that's where we start getting desperate, I'm afraid. Uh, occupation, soap starlet in Weatherfield. Yeah, she was. Cara Toynton. Oh, dear love. Not working still. No, can't bear her. Nobody likes her. Michelle Williams, go on. I didn't know who she was. Yeah, she's apparently famous for being the other one in Destiny's Child. (laughs) Exactly, so forget that. Patsy Kensett, still only 42, been around the block about 500 times. Only 42, Patsy. I had you down at 60, love. And the joke of the century, Anne Widdicombe. I mean, she's, she's described herself as the dancing pig. I mean, to be honest with you, love, I think either you're an idiot for going on this programme. You know, it, it, this is... Oh, I'll just give up. You know, it's silly, failed politicians who, so, you know, they go, oh, she's famous as a battle axe. No, she's famous for taking any bit of money that floats around. And, in fact, one of them, of course, was the uh, Celebrity Fit camp. When they went, do you remember? They said, Anne, can you just jog around here? No, I won't! She's really stuck up. I still remember when I, we so wanted to see her bedroom, didn't we all? And, um, and that nice man who did all the programmes, Louis Threw, said, can I look in your bedroom? No, you can't. And I thought, go on, let him in there. Go on. Yeah, I mean, what do you think was in there? One can only hazard a guess, can't they, really? And then she went on and they took Louis Threw with her mum on the boat. And, and, and her mum was chatting away. And she said, Mummy, I've told you, don't say anything to him. And we all laughed. Yes, because the mum was just chatting away. Like, the mum was good value, whereas Anne Whittaker was really sort of... Oh, goodness me. Goodness me. Bob Crow, union bully, brought misery to London. No, he didn't. We all coped very well. And you know, Bob, we all stuck a finger up at you. And we all went, you, you must really think you're being very clever. But uh, nobody likes you, dear. You didn't achieve anything at all. What did you think you achieved? London rallied round, as always, we got into work. Might have been a slight inconvenience, pal, but uh, we've dealt with a lot worse than a little bully like you. Thank you very much indeed. Nobody's going to bully us into doing it. When nobody cried. People got into it. Oh, it's a difficult journey. Still got in. Not going to be pushed around by you, matey. And um, last night, somebody else was executed in London. This is in uh, a war with a rival gang in Brixton. This is a teenager walking along a street, car pulls alongside... Bang. Dead. Simple as that. Last night, grieving relatives lit candles and left flowers. A note signed, Teeks read, A thousand words can't bring you back, neither can a million tears. The victim was a member of the notorious Peckham Young Guns in South London. Well, more fool you then, pal. More fool you. I'm sorry, what is it with these stupid little gangs? Wait a minute, so you're in a gang and it's either over turf wars or maybe maybe he dissed somebody's girlfriend. I mean, it's fr- it's like living in a children's playground if it wasn't so serious that they carry knives. And what have we told, been told time and time again? Oh, don't worry, every time somebody dies, we can have a meeting with the police and a celebrity will get up and go, we need to stop knives and guns. 
I've not noticed any difference. Not noticed any difference at all, I'm afraid. Just, just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and then you get David Hay, the boxing hero. I'm not sure if they actually become any thicker than people like him. Uh, he claimed his showdown with Audley Harrison, he's, he's a boxer, would be as one-sided as a gang rape. I mean, how thick do you have to be, David? What a disgusting piece of work you are. I mean, even the boss of the Women's Resources Centre said, I'm horrified that anybody could send... His spokesman was, was unavailable for comment. I'm not surprised. I mean, dealing with somebody as thick as that. David Hay, thicko. What a stupid man you are. Pathetic little git, honestly. These people, they do annoy me. They really do. Uh, other stories in the papers today. Trying to find something that's very, very exciting. They're, they're getting excited about Christine Bleakley and Adrian Childs. They apparently, on their first day, pulled in 300,000 more than GMTV. Yep, but by the end of the week, you'll suddenly realise what a dull, hard programme it is, and the audience would have tailed off. Always for the first one, because everybody's going, oh, yeah, we're going to watch it, we've seen all the... Th-, and then you watch it, God, it's rubbish. I didn't realise something could be that bad. But, uh, but it was, but unfortunately, the BBC's breakfast still pulled over it. And uh, very shortly, they'll all be disappearing, won't they, as we shoot them up to Manchester. Best place for them, as far as I'm concerned. We'll put everybody in Manchester. Won't, won't commit anything up there. No crimes or anything else. Uh, Robert says, today is the 8th of the 9th of the 10th. It is, actually. You're right, it is the 8th of the 9th of the 10th. Not going to happen again for 100 years. We've been celebrating all night, and I'm going to carry on all day. You saddo. You really are. The 8th of the 9th of the 10th. And this you celebrate, do you? We're having a party. The 8th of the 9th of the 10th. It's, yeah, any excuse for a party. Go on, break out the twiglets, the cheese footballs, and, oh, let's have some pineapple and uh, cheese on sticks. Whoopee, whoopee. Actually, yesterday, talking about, talking about, it was all over me like a rash yesterday, Johnny Vaughan. Every time I bump into him in the building, and he was all over me, and, oh, and stalking me, and this and that, and I'm like, oh, Lord, leave me alone. And then I was, I was going to bring him in a chocolate father Christmas today, and I thought, even by Johnny Vaughan's standards, because normally it's Dave, as you know, from XFM. We he, he's, he's a slightly thinner version of Johnny. I mean, they don't get any thinner than Johnny. But, I mean, I look enormous next to him. It's embarrassing, really. And, uh, thank you. And, are, you. are you going for... What are you wearing this... What are you wearing this outfit for? Did you make that? No, I didn't make it. It's quite an expensive dresser. Is it? Gosh. I'm wearing them on new shoes. Do you like them? Yes, they love... They don't go with it. Brown and black, you they see. They do, I'd... actually. Oh, you think? Fashion forward people. Oh, OK, right, OK. What does that mean? I ask you. <laughs> no, it does a brush, I'm afraid. It's brown. Can you wear brown? Actually, I remember Clive Bull having a discussion about brown and black, and someone, I think people phoned him up and said, no, you can't wear brown shoes with a black outfit. Can you? Apparently you can. Is it also so you, you can wear one, one, one shoulder off or just have the, the strap there? Oh, that's how the dress goes. Is it not made properly then or something? Aren't they supposed to cover you up completely over your head and all the rest of it? That's a nun's habit. <laughs> Eva says, I like ginger too. And strangely enough, by the way, I got a parcel too yesterday containing the book you mentioned in one of your podcasts by Michelle Williams, Down Among the Dead Men, which is a year in the life of a mortuary technician. Very interesting. Julia says, to make silk, they boil the silkworms alive. Yeah, but they don't know what's happening. They really don't care. And they, they put them all in this thing and then they just peel all the silk off. It's very clever, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I don't actually think it's cruel, Julia. It's a silkworm, love. You know, I'm sure you've trodden on an ant in your time or something like that. Well, perhaps you haven't. I don't know. Perhaps I'm doing you a disservice. Perhaps you're really an animal lover. Because we used to be in this country, didn't we? Nation of animal lovers. And then it turned out we were no such thing at all. As Battersea Dogs Home put down thousands of, uh, of animals a year because people dump them. 
People dump them on the doorstep and people, you know, just don't, don't really care anymore. That's why I get annoyed when you see pictures in the papers of uh, sort of people abusing animals. I think there's bad enough when, you know, you come into the world and somebody goes, well, I think I'm a dog. I go, oh, God, you've got a rough life ahead of you. Why? Well, you're going to be shoved in this cage and people come and look at you. You've got to try and look appealing. Oh, right. If I go, hello. You know, perhaps that makes, you know, do, do doe eyes. Always works well. And then, yeah, put, put, put your ears down and just try, try and look as... The moment you get out, then you can eat them. But, I mean, while, you know, while you're in the cage, try and look a bit humble. It always works. Always works. Uh, Colleen and Rooney, according to the Express this morning, she's willing to listen to his side of the story over the prostitute. Couldn't care less. Really couldn't care less, I'm afraid. The side of the story is uh, she's obviously making a fortune out of it and doesn't mind embarrassing her parents and relatives and brothers or sisters. That's my sister, the prostitute. Lovely. It's awful, isn't it, nowadays? But then somebody else wrote to me yesterday and said, you should applaud her. At least she's actually getting out there and doing something. I know. It's a bit sad, isn't it, really? But there you go. This is obviously also from a a prostitute, I should imagine. Other stories from the papers coming up uh, in a moment. Uh, Plus, of course, uh, Tony Blair and the Prince of Wales' trip around the country on the train. And this is supposed to be the green train. It's costing a small fortune. It's, it's, I think Prince Charles sometimes gets the wrong end of the stick and sometimes is very badly advised. Because yesterday he was talking about green issues, this, this trip around the UK on this train. Uh, the, the book is called Harmony, which is about sustainable things. Strangely enough, environmental bore Tony Juniper got a slot on a radio uh, praising the railway tour. And I was waiting for somebody interviewing him to actually point out that, in fact, Tony Juniper is Charles's co-author on the book. Nobody, of course, mentioned that to you. He is a bore, and the book is equally boring, I'm afraid. 14 to 6. Here's the headlines. As tube services return to normal this morning, unions are promising more disruption in the coming months. Three further strikes are planned before Christmas, with the next one on October the 3rd, as neither side looks willing to negotiate on 800 planned job losses. 10,000 jobs are under threat at the social housing firm Connaught, after it confirmed its appointed administrators. The maintenance and repair company had been left with a £200 million shortfall, which is being blamed on government cutbacks. An anti-war campaigners will stage a protest later outside Tate Modern, where Tony Blair will attend a party to mark the launch of his new book. The former Prime Minister cancelled a high-profile signing session of his memoirs in Piccadilly, saying he didn't want to use up police resources to keep order at the event. Check on the roads for you this morning. Jay Louise. Thank you. From 7, LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Oh, they've reared their ugly head again, haven't they? Just to come to the end of summer, somebody sends me in a clip of uh, crop circles. Um, from a feature in a paper. Actually, it's not even a, a current paper, this one. This is actually from, uh, from last year, 2009. And there is a group called the, um, the Wiltshire Crop Circle Study Group. And they've said they can't possibly be done by students with a plank. Uh, they've said here that uh, they've got no idea what makes them, students with a plank. Uh, but they say here that the, uh, the crop found within circles were usually just slightly depressed, not completely flattened. And uh, they say here, it's obviously a very delicate process from looking at the crop. Sometimes they're only just pressed down two or three inches and ears of corn have even been left burnt because they all want to believe that it's people from another planet. (laughs) They're a bit crackers, I'm afraid. You know, because there you are in the middle of Wiltshire and nobody's noticed this huge flying saucer coming in and a beam of light coming down because it's like, la, 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 we're not looking at it. La, 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 it's a spaceship. Don't look down there. 
And they say here they're not, in fact, circles at all. They are angular shapes and geometric patterns. Yeah, done by students with a plank within 15 miles of this pub. They're all within 15 miles. You don't find them anywhere else. You know, they have them the other side of the world, but there's the students all over the place. And what they do is they sit down with a spirograph. It's so simple, it's embarrassing. And they do their pattern with a spirograph. And then they, they look at the field and then they do it. It's really not complicated. And yet all the barmies... You remember Reg Presley of the Trogs? He's not very well at the moment, apparently. Well, in fact, all the money that he made from one of his songs, which I think Wild Thing was used in a film, and he put it into researching crop circles. Do you know, as I say, you could actually have, uh, you know, a student coming on the radio saying, yes, me and my friends make them, and there'll be other barmies phoning up going, no, they don't, they're lying. Because, you know, if, if you want to believe in little extraterrestrials, then you're a bit closed, your mind is a bit closed. And so there are no spaceships no spacecraft coming down, no ETs, no extraterrestrials, no UFOs, no, no government cover-ups, no nothing at all, no Roswell. You know, Anton Deck made a film about it. It's a rubber thing, OK? It was made to fool people, and it worked because there are those barmies who want to believe in that kind of stuff. Amanda's hometown in Wiltshire is the UFO capital of the world, and she knows that because they've got a plaque. This is... It says this is the UFO capital of the world. It's great because you only have to look at most of the people around there and they've all got white, white cloaks on and big bulging heads with big flashing eyes. And that's what they all look like down there. They're all the barmies. We love them. Actually, loads of things uh, coming up. Uh, I must just put your mind at rest at the moment. We do have another show coming up. The tickets are not on sale. It is pointless calling the mermaid. I've told you about 500 times, but it quite clearly didn't sink in with some people that uh, they're not selling them at the mermaid. They don't have a box office. It's a lock-up theatre. We've arranged something else. Details coming up probably within the next uh, day and a half. The date, I can confirm, is the 4th of December, which is a Saturday, and it is the Mermaid Theatre. But uh, I'll tell you where the tickets are on sale probably within a, within a couple of days. So panic not. So it's a Saturday night. It's the end of Fleet Street. You can either drive. There's a multi-storey next door. Uh, or, uh, or you can probably get the bus. But it's just on the river. It looks very, very pretty. Very, very pretty. Uh, they've also got a star-studded uh, curtain raiser to raise money uh, for Caldwell's children. Uh, this one is at the Natural History Museum on September the 16th. They've got Elizabeth Manuel, uh, Karen Millen, 400 guests uh, in aid of Caldwell's children. They raise loads of money. I think something like, so far, about £12 million they've raised. Because the other day, after we saw J.K. Rowling had just given £10 million, I'm, I'm quite used to seeing all these sums of money banded around. And it's amazing what, what people give now. I think that's John Caldwell, isn't it? And his, uh, his company. It's, it's just absolutely amazing. It is John, actually. And he's done a, a sustainable children's charity. And he wants to make sure that all the money goes in there. So £12 million so far. Plus, they're doing full casting for a new West End show, a London revival of Bells Are-Ringing. I don't know if you've ever seen this. I've, in the back of my mind, I just remember it being the story of a lady who works at Susan Answerphone, her cousin's answering service for the celebrities on New York's Smart East Side. So plenty of opportunity to indulge her gift for helping others. And then she falls for a hard-drinking playwright. It's going to open at the Union Theatre on the 29th of September, the bells are ringing. You'll hear more about that because I'm sure that Roger Foss will be going down there. Uh, the Union Theatre is in Union Street. Actually, I walked past it the other day. I walked, why did I walk past it? I cannot remember. And strangely enough, Ray in Balham, I think somebody's hacked into your email because you're, uh, you're, you're sending out things now 
Unless you've actually just sent this one on to me, um, because somebody sent it to you. Because I, I began to worry, thinking, oh, my goodness me, have you been hacked into? Got to be very careful. Uh, Patsy and Ealing said, is it the Barbican? No, 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 it's the Mermaid Theatre. But tickets not on sale just yet, and you can't get them from the Mermaid Theatre. It's no good phoning the Mermaid. They know nothing about it. They have a booking for us, but they, uh, they, they can't advise you on tickets at all. Um... Tessa Jowell is doing the papers with Nick Ferrari this morning. And after a pastor in Florida has said he will oversee a Koran burning to commemorate 9-11, Nick will be asking if this is freedom of speech in action. Following the jailing, jailing of a police officer for the phys- physical assault of a woman in custody, Nick will be speaking to Pamela Somerville about her horrific ordeal and the six-month sentence handed down to her attacker. So they're going to be talking about that. Uh, are we a nation of animal lovers? No, we're not, I'm afraid. I wish I could say we were, but we're not. He's going to be talking about that as well. But uh, Tessa Jowell, in to do the papers this morning with Nick Ferrari. I think we should do something on crop circles. I think that's definitely... Oh, and Francis Raffel has got a big date coming up. It's called Beneath the Dress. Woo! Now, we love Francis Raffel. She's at the Garrick Theatre, just over the road here. Just over the road here. And that's this coming Sunday. Beneaththedress.com is the uh, is the website now? She told us about this because she's come from her uh, her sellout Edinburgh dates. Got a fabulous voice. It'll be a hunky, funky, spunky evening. They've said that's what the uh, the Sunday Express said. That is playful and teasing. A little bit like a Steve Allen show, actually. Except we're not playing uh, as grand a place as the Garrick Theatre. But she's there this coming Sunday. Uh, morning, Stephen. Jonathan says Noreen. We still have thirty plus degrees. That's ninety two in English money. Brian is as brown as a berry. I'm a delicate shade of white still. I was in the pool, the sea, did aquafit, bulls and lukes. Apparently you chuck a beanbag at a target. I've never even heard of that. Lukes. You chuck a beanbag at a target. Uh, then Brian watched the footy to work off his six-course dinner. I had a wander around, then back to the hotel. The bar was a tad smoky for me. Ex-60-a-day person. They're going to Palmer. Oh, if you go to Palmer, there's a place you've got to go to. And... It's, I can't remember what it's called, but it's fake. Somebody will write in and tell us. But it's up the hill, and you go in there, and they've got all bowls of oranges all over the floor, and you can go in there and have champagne. And it looks like a very grand church, but it's much, much smaller scale. But they've got fruit all over the place. And it's, it's really, it's most unusual. All over the floor is this orange, baskets of oranges. I mean, thousands of them. Real oranges, not, not pretend ones. And you could s- sit down and have a glass of champagne that's... It's all very... And an orange, I suppose. If you sit outside, they've got birds in cages. Whee! And um, so you'll like that. So that's Palmer. I liked Palmer, actually. Lots of little streets and little nooks and uh, and alleyways. Very, very pretty, actually. Weather for today. Andy tells us that uh, it's cooler than yesterday. Sunshine and showers this morning. Thank God I brought the umbrella. I brought my umbrella yesterday. Hey! I was well equipped. The rain could be heavy at times, so here we go. Drizzly rain is forecast mid to late afternoon, then some light rain. I'm back at the doctor's this afternoon at two. I was supposed to be going out for lunch, but I've had to cancel that and do it on Friday instead. They've heard... Oh, girl. The, the jungle drum's been beating on that one, have they? Oh, blimey. Tonight, some rain is forecast late evening, and then it dries up overnight. Sunset is 732 Sun, uh, sunrise is 6.24. Tomorrow, dry with lots of sunshine. Friday, dry and bright. 
high 23 degrees. Saturday, cloudy day with showers. Good. And Sunday, dry with some bright spells. Oh, I don't know. And I've got the details of the Lady Rattlings. They've also got an event on Sunday. You know, Sunday is a day, isn't it? It's all happening on Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're looking for things uh, for your... Uh, your weekend diary. I don't like you to miss out on this kind of stuff. I like you to, to. Is it Abaco? I don't know. It might be. I can't remember what it's called. It, uh, it might be. I know it's just one word, and you go in there, and it is. It is lovely. It is like going into somebody's sort of private house, and it's just got all these. Or I just remember baskets of oranges and big candles, and it's all quite. It's very nice actually. It's like going into a into a strange Hammer film set. You half expect somebody to come from behind the counter and go yes. Can I help you, sir? And then I thought, no, it'd be Spanish. Si. Hola. You know, I don't know what they'd be saying over there. I love the picture of the two ladies laughing in the Daily Mail today. They're two veterans, 70 years on, veterans of the Blitz, gathered to remember the start of their darkest hour. And uh, they look lovely. It's such a good picture of them laughing and smiling. And I think that's what we want to see more of in the paper. I want to see more people smiling. I don't want to see pictures of people with blooming Leylandi outside their house. Because this was the case yesterday. This is David Alvan's Plymouth home. The Leylandi is bigger than the house. And the council have been rather... Why don't you just go around with a saw and cut it down? The man's quite clearly an idiot, seeing as he was the one who put up the 12-foot wall between him and the next-door neighbour. The man's an idiot. Why do we have to put up with stupid people in this country? Oh, we've got to go to court. No! Cut it down! If you're looking... Body team, eight minutes past six. Cold. It's a bit like going into winter, actually. I expect to very shortly to walk in to the smell of fireworks. Because there's a smell, isn't it? The morning after we've had fireworks, you can, you can smell everything. And then my driver... Ever since I stopped smoking for some reason, I can smell if, if one of my drivers has had a, a cigarette... I could just, I can smell it automatically. Mine was having a cigarette outside the car this morning. When I got in the car, I thought, I can smell cigarettes. It's funny, isn't it? There's something about cigarettes in cars, though, isn't there? Well, it lingers on seats. It really lingers, doesn't it? Depending on what you've got. I've got leather seats. This is Jonathan Levi, by the way. Hello and good morning. Good morning. And it doesn't linger on leather seats, but it clings to the carpet. So if you've got what I call maquette seats, smoking clings to those or anything synthetic. And I can smell it. It's nice to see you. Very nice to see you. Uh, just very quickly, uh, Ray in Balham says, thank you for letting me know about the possibility somebody's hacked into my email account. Uh, it came from your Hotmail account, incidentally. And it was um, one of those things saying, you know, we have many, many nice items for you to buy. Electrical, iPods and things like that. So it's, it's one of the Chinese things. So somebody's hacked into... I think the Hotmail account's the easiest one. It's exactly the same. It is your Hotmail account. My brother's was hacked into as well. It's curious, isn't it? It's sort of like as, as we use more and more things online mm. and people are buying iPads and using their iPhones and always looking at email and setting up online bank accounts and all that sort of thing. But we don't understand that, that it's, it's just the digital sort of virtual equivalent of leaving your house unlocked or yes. sort of walking around, you know, with your, with your wallet half hanging out your pocket. Mm, don't, that frightens me. Because it's just a whole other world that we haven't caught up with, the security. We well, don't understand. I, As lay people, yes. we don't get what's possible. I shred everything at home. Yeah. I, sh- I, I have a shredder, and uh, if I get something... Th- before, I would just rip it up. Now, if I'm outside and I and I'm open a bit of post, like, oh, right, it's got my address on. First thing, I don't care about the actual contents of the letter. It's my address I rip up. Yeah. And anything like that. Or failing that, if I'm in, indoors, I'll put it through the shredder. But it's, it's quite... My, my brother's was hacked into, and it's exactly the same email address. 
and they started sending out all sorts. Of, mine was hacked into, and I started telling all my friends about Viagra. Apparently, oh, I got I you 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 got, got that one. email yes. from you about Viagra. Well, yeah. I've never sold Viagra in my life. Cialis, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to sort of get... And you think the oddest things come out of this. It's, yeah. It really is very bizarre. And it just... It, it obviously goes through your, your computer and takes all the email addresses, but some of them going back donkey's years. Well, it's like it has access to everybody you've ever emailed. Yes, absolutely. And sends them the Viagra email. Yes, I mean, a couple of my friends did actually write off to see if they could get some of it, you know. <laughs> thinking of Steve, Steve's recommended, it must be really good. Um, but uh, but that, that's it, Ray. It's, uh, it's been hacked into. So you need to change it. Just put an extra letter on or something like that. My, that's what my, uh, my brother had to do. And um, you get a lot of those, I'm afraid. A lot of those sort of things. Well, the strikes didn't beat us yesterday, did they? No. Nobody bowed to the pressure of those awful union people led by that awful Bob Crow. Do you know, I mean, I, I, I just don't understand what... Well, I do understand. He thinks he's, he's being all big and clever. Yeah. Nick Ferrari had a, had a woman on the other day saying, we're, we're not sheep, we're all able to make up our own minds. But they seem to be stuck in the dark ages. Because now we have all this technology. Hardly anybody ever needs to queue up for a ticket because we have machines. There is a machine that will dispense a ticket. I don't need to go anywhere near a booking office to do my card. You can pick up a timetable and read it. They're vastly overstaffed on the underground. They're not the most helpful staff I've ever bumped into. You know, most of them are all right, but you get a few ones they couldn't care less. And if they want to go out and strike, fine. But why should we, we be affected? Well, We're actually the ones paying their blasted wages. I know. It's just a completely different attitude to work, isn't it? It's just an assumption that they deserve their jobs, that they that their jobs, that the stations are there to employ people, to keep those people's lives. It just doesn't work like that anymore. Yeah. No employers seem to work like that, unfortunately. Well, it, it, it didn't affect us just... All right, it, it inconvenienced a few people. Yeah. But we all managed to get into work because that's what we do. People managed to go to work even during the Blitz. People were going to work. So we're not going to be put off by Bob Crow and his bullying cronies. No. And also, why should, why should we be the ones inconvenienced? I remember the lorry driver's strike where they all did a go slow up and down, you know, Park Lane. I thought, you're just inconveniences making, making the public turn against you. Yeah, it's not our style. I, d- I didn't even do Fathers for Justice. I understood where they were coming from, but to be honest, climbing up, you know, Tower Bridge and sitting there, and the police have to hold the traffic up in case he falls off. Well, I mean, that's his problem, isn't it? Yeah. Self-inflicted, as far as I'm concerned. I understand where, where they're coming from, but there's so many things that, in London, we have enough things to worry about in London without having to worry about, you know, whether the tubes are running, whether they're not running, whether the buses are running. And as usual, the, the buses have to... I mean, I got on a bus yesterday after I finished. It was empty. Completely empty. I got down to Waterloo. Waterloo was its normal sort of self. Yeah. Nobody was. Nobody looked stressed or faffed about, you know. No. There was a thing in the paper about how there were police marshals and queues at the cycle docks. At Waterloo, there were loads of bikes in the cycle yes, docks. Yes, well, they're, they're very good at Waterloo. I've just joined that scheme. Have you joined it? I've joined it, yeah. I was going to wait until it became Twice. free. So you could just, you know, pay as you go or whatever. Yes, I also was going to wait for that. But then I thought, no, I'm going to get fit sooner than that. So I've joined it twice. Is it difficult to join? No, you do it online. You enjoyed it, it so much you did it again. Minutes. I paid £45 for the year. I pushed the wrong button and I've now joined twice. I paid £90. Oh, can I have your other one? Well, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds good. No, I, I also join. I want, I want, want to wait... Well, I, I was going to wait until you could use your credit card yeah. and just go and take a bike yeah, out. Yeah, exactly, and just, just go for a... Yeah. They're all laughing and saying, oh, no, because I said the bikes have got limiters on to stop you going too fast. Right. They've they've got a thing built in so you can only go a certain speed in them. But they look quite good. I'm I'm willing to give it a go. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's just not the safest city to cycle in, is it? Would you wear a helmet? No. 
And this came up the other day where somebody said, you've got to wear a helmet. Alan Dodgen said, will you be wearing a helmet? I went, no. He said, well, you know, what happens if you have an accident? I said, well, if I have an accident, I have an accident. Yeah, the trouble is you have an accident. I don't look good in a helmet. I'm sorry. Obviously, I look... you, kind of, you kind of get hurt either way. Mm. That's the trouble. I don't think a helmet is going to stop you. I think it can probably stop a little bit. Well, listen, if you're running under, if a bus runs you over, it's not exactly going to, a helmet. No, well, I'm not going to worry about getting a helmet, okay? Producer's going, I'm going to get a helmet, but she's a bit mamby-pamby, head in the clouds, you know, caftan and sandals. But uh, I'm not going to wear a helmet. I'm going to go au naturel so that my hair, as I'm cycling down the strad, fl- well, not, not naked, no, but my hair is going to be flowing out behind me. Well, there is that naked cycle ride in London, isn't there? You I know! I, s- I could... had them next to the car! I know, but this time you'll be on the bike, naked. I'm not sure about that, actually, but I did. I had them next to the car. I mean, the lights changed twice, and I'm still sitting there, like, in awe of everybody who's sitting naked on bikes next to me. But you'll be so fit and slim by then. Thank you. Headline, Sam Pittis. Transport for London says... Raising money for LBC's Help a London Child. Hello. Actually, I, 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 I um, smile with the shop in West Ealing, the PDSA shop. Somebody pushed money in a brown envelope through their... I'm always living in hope of a brown envelope arriving on the doormat. Somebody pushed a brown envelope through their letterbox the other day, and in it was £2,000. It's good, isn't it? Very good. Very good money, so well done there. Well done there. And a burglar who stole wrapped Christmas presents from London homes has been jailed. Justin (laughs) Collins... Oh, we couldn't be that lucky, could we? Um, Apparently admitted a string of thefts, including taking a flat-screen television, a wooden bat and a shower gel. Well, that's what you do when you break into houses, isn't it? Get the shower gel, quick as possible. <laughs> You've been sentenced to six years. Good. If it's your Joe Malone shower gel, If it was my seeing. shower gel, exactly. I'd be furious. Furious. Uh, Pamela Stevenson on Strictly, says Ian. I remember when she was at the cutting edge of alternative comedy. Yeah, she was part of the... Not the nine o'clock news, which I liked, actually. Uh, Declan says, if there are no spaceships and, and uh, Martians, you explain Jedwood. Well, it is true. I've seen their, their programme. It's a bit like the Saturdays. They don't do anything. They have to find things for them to do. I watched a sequence on that show with the Saturdays the other day where one of the Saturdays went to buy lip gloss. It took about five minutes. Yes. I mean, it was... But that's... But they, I remember... Do you remember the... Who was that footballer? The so-called... Vinnie Jones. His, his show was so boring, they cancelled it because he sat there at home going, do, do you want me to go out shopping or do something? And I went, well, what do you normally do? And, of course, it turned out he sat there, a bit like Robbie Williams, staring at the wall. Yeah. So, you know, you have to do something in your... Mind you, I suppose, for all of us, you know, except you, probably. You know, if, if, if we all looked at our lives, you know, we wouldn't be busy all the time, would we? But the Saturdays don't seem to do anything at all. No. I feel a bit sorry for them. Vinnie Jones was a real um, diva on that series. Yes, and he was. Um, Is that one of yours? No, but he oh, took right. umbrage at one of the, something. One of the production team says, and he was quoted and heard as saying, "Brad Pitt wouldn't have to put up with this." Oh, that yes, right. And we all went, "Oh!" Actually, he was also quoted in the papers the other day. He said it's actually quite difficult to get acting jobs in Hollywood. And I thought, not for actors, it's not. No, <laughs> for you, dear, yes, for you, definitely. Uh, in Abaco, they play opera and serve drinks in Baccarat glasses on silver trays. There's a fountain and courtyard and masses of vases of, um, of tube roses, says Lauren. Yes, I mean, I've, of what? Tuber roses. What are tuber roses? I've never heard of tuber roses. What's a tuber rose? Oh, well, Dave uh, says, do you look out at the Garrick as you broadcast? I'm a taxi driver and I drive past thinking he's up there now looking out on Charing Cross Road. We have looked out, yeah. I have looked out the window before now. I've waved, but the trouble is you can't really see us here because we're we're behind two layers of glass. And the window's slightly high. It's not sort of floor-to-ceiling windows overlooking. No. 
I don't think I've gone road, floor to ceiling. It? I've had that. I broadcast from floor to ceiling before. It's not nice. A bit disorientating. Well, I tend to tap my leg all the time. Right. Everybody's got a little, you know, and I, I move. My mother used to say to me, stop <clears> tapping <throat> your leg. I said, I can't help it. It's, yeah, we all do it. I mean, I'm doing it under my seat, even as I'm talking to you now. Hope you're enjoying this at home. <laughs> what else we got today? Oh, did, did we did we have a thought on on uh, Colleen and Wayne? Oh, we haven't talked about Wayne and Colleen yet, have no, we? No, I mean, well, I did say yesterday, and I'm, I have to stand by it a bit. I couldn't really care less. I mean, I think it's very funny. It's in the paper, and I think he's immensely stupid. But I couldn't really care if you, that's what he chooses to do. It's up to his, his business, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. It's a really difficult sort of issue, isn't it? Because on the on the one hand, you get girls going to bars to try and meet footballers, mm. um, and afterwards um, selling their story if they sleep with a footballer. Yes. Well, these girls are taking it a step further. They're being paid to sleep with them to begin with, and then selling their story. Yeah. In a way, you feel like Wayne, uh, Wayne should be given his money back. It's a kind of even more enterprising, sort of money orientated response to... He has the... no concept of money, though, does he? Well, he was they don't. paying 1,200 quid a time. Well, was he, though? Th- this girl well. says she was £1,200 a night, but that just means £100 an hour. Yes, I mean, just... Yeah, well, I don't know. Well, it just means that she would charge £1,200 a night, theoretically, if somebody paid for the night. Doesn't... Would anybody ever pay that much Probably for Probably not. Cheaper to stay married, isn't it, really, you know? But it, get it, the old wife, get her, get her with her old face cream on, you know, and a couple of bits of cucumber over her eyes. Yeah. Pretend it's somebody else. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it, it's all quite low rent, isn't it? I think the, the dangerous and worrying thing is that um, in a, at a time when fewer and fewer people are going to university, at a time when there's not that many jobs for graduates, when lots of young people don't really know what they want to become... Mm. Um, I think there is a danger that um, this kind of prostitution becomes uh, a, a kind of a choice, what feels like a positive choice for slightly misguided young women that think that it's an even quicker way to become famous than going on a reality show. Um, that in a way it makes wanting to go on television on shows like Big Brother look kind of quaint. Yes. That, in a way, if you can just become a prostitute, get paid to sleep with men, mm. occasionally you might come up with a man that's famous, you can then do them over and sell their story and make even more money. But in the meantime, you can make money by having sex, and um, it's obviously morally completely wrong um, and very sort of socially corrosive, isn't it? Well, but- Donna Derriere, writing in the, <laughs> the Daily Star today, she, she's an attractive thing. She works as a hooker. And uh, she says, this this uh, girl, Jenny Thompson, shouldn't be vilified. She should be seen as a role model for the independent working woman who's made a success of her life. Well, exactly. So uh, Answer, darling, you're a cheap old brass. Go away. Yeah, I mean, There's it's... no big success here whatsoever. No. You're a cheap, tacky old thing who'll sleep with anybody if they pay money. There's no, no big gain here at all. She's not made a big success of her life. She's an embarrassment. You can't, you can't bring in some sort of version or definition definition of sort of feminism or empowerment yeah. or girl power or anything like that and say that it's a that, that it's that it's really positive because um i think it was most people wouldn't want to tell their parents or their children that they made money by having sex with strangers i can in my wildest dreams and probably in 99.9% of people listening at the moment, can you imagine saying to your parents, oh, by the way, Mum, there's going to be a story appearing in the papers this week. I'm a prostitute. Yeah. I sleep with a load of men for money. Yeah. It's just, it's not a your good... Your mother's going to be going, what? It's not a good story. 
That's well, this, this Donna Derriere, I'm sorry to go back to her, but frankly, I mean, you never say anything like it in your life. She says, I'm proud of my work. To be a high-class class escort takes brains as well as beauty. Darling, you have neither, I'm afraid. You are neither any great beauty, and you certainly haven't got any brains. I mean, it's true that the sex industry is absolutely huge. I mean, the, the women that Tiger Woods had relationships with were high-class escorts. What's high-class? Well, it just means they get paid a fortune. And quite often, me- yeah, but, yeah, but and quite often they're paid not to, they that they won't sell a story uh, in theory at least. Cynthia Payne then used a lot to of say did, the so. prostitute's code of conduct always used to be somebody is paying you, whatever happens between you happens between you and them and behind closed doors. You then don't go out. It was it was never discussed. But that was before the newspapers offered so much money. That this, was before this girl here, Donna Derriere, so her parents do not know what she does for a living. She says, "I'm sure they'll find out one day." They're going to find out today, dear. It's going to be today, the day they find out, that their daughter, the fat little lump, charges apparently 750 quid a time for sleeping with men. But much as I quite enjoy it, and I, you know, I think it's actually what? quite well made, yeah, I have to say that I think series like Secret Diary of a Call Girl don't help because they do promote... They glamorise They it. promote and glamorise a yes. version of independent prostitution where you know billy piper who was in fact an incredibly sort of upper middle class posh sounding educated woman plays this rather convincingly plays the part of a kind of sexy young prostitute who seems to enjoy her job yeah and billy piper would never do that in a million years of course and you know no one like that really probably would and and but yet it does promote a kind of a view that it's all right whereas of course 99% 99% of girls are controlled by pimps who beat them up, burn them. In many cases, they're killed. They're given drug habits. There's no glamour involved in it whatsoever. And I, I agree with you. You know, Billy Piper, based on these Belle de Jour diaries, this so-called woman who worked as a prostitute... I didn't believe a word of it, I'm afraid, because I'm afraid it's not glamorous. It's not big and clever. You, you try, as a, as a girl, going out there, and you think, where shall I operate from? You'll have little men coming round, knocking on your door. They'll beat the living daylights out of you. You encroach on their territory or another hooker's territory, you're in big trouble. It's and, like they, and they make it like, oh, it's glamorous, dear. 750 quid for sleeping with somebody. Yeah, <laughs> that once every three years. It's just, it's just, it's dangerous for young, impressionable girls. It's dangerous who, for young, impressionable girls who are not in a position to become £10,000 a night. Absolutely. They, they, it just doesn't happen, does no. it? One in, one in a blue moon comes along. The rest of them, I'm afraid, fall with the wayside and end up with very bad drug habits and, at worst, being killed. This. Now bringing you Sky Sports 1 and Sky Sports 2. Morning, everybody. 25 minutes to send. We're still, we're still chewing and throwing or throwing over Wayne and Colleen. Over Wayne and Colleen. And right I said yesterday, wrongs. I follow Max Clifford's advice, which is the fans couldn't care less. He could be a mass murderer. As long as he can kick a ball and score goals, they couldn't care less. Whatever, whatever he's done, he's the one who's made her look stupid. They might have an arrangement. We don't know. But it's the humiliation of it, isn't it? Yes. That, 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 that's, what's, that's the embarrassment. But thing. what is the humiliation? Just supposing well, she, because she, she doesn't exa- seem cool about it. It doesn't, she doesn't, she's not giving out the vibe via her publicists and representatives yeah. that it's just fine and Wayne's has a stressful life and he's allowed to go and do this. Yeah. She, she seems I don't think he does of... have a stressful life. Well, I think that what he is, he, he's like the majority of people. He wants to try something on the other side of the fence to see it's there. And he's still going to be married to her. 
And if she wants to continue the lifestyle, if she doesn't, like, like most men, he'll go, well, if you don't want it, like, go away then. Well, he allegedly said, deal with it. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, but she's known him since she was 16. Yeah. Well, you know, so, I well, mean... You... that's when he... It was when he was 16 that he went into that massage parlour and yeah. wrote Mr W Rooney on a cheque to that granny. Yes, that then it didn't help, did it? No. But they obviously... It obviously doesn't make any difference to him. You probably find all his teammates going, oh, good on you, you managed to sort of pull two. Unfortunately, you pulled the girl who seems to have slept with everybody. Yeah. And it don't... I mean, I don't think anybody comes out of it in a particularly good light. I'm not really particularly bothered... But are they all at it and this Seems is just... So. Are they all at it and this is the latest story to come out and one by one they'll all get sort of exposed in one time or another yeah. because of the nature of our press? Or is he a one-off, do you think? Uh, well, I mean, he's... Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm assuming that a lot of the footballers with a lot of money... If he was paying 1200 a night, he quite clearly has got no concept of money because at one point he apparently sent down for a packet of fags and it cost him £200 for a packet of Marlborough. Now, I know that they're under £7. I don't know how. You know, he's shopping at these places where a packet of fags is 200 quid. Yeah. But, it, but to be honest with you, he's the only one who makes himself look stupid. If that's what he wants to do, I couldn't care less. Colleen could close it down. There was, that, there was a, the, a Chelsea uh, manager, whose name I now can't remember, oldish guy, no. um, who w- went to a Oriental massage parlour um, and was photographed going in, photographed coming out. And the press um, then interviewed his wife, who then very swiftly said, if my husband wants to go and do that, then that's absolutely fine with me. He has a very stressful job and a very stressful life, and he wants to relax by having massage with young Oriental girls, then good for him. And that just closed the story down straight away, yeah. because then it wasn't in the public interest to carry it on. She didn't mind. He wasn't doing anything illegal. Therefore, that's the end of it. I think there's a sort of... The way that uh, the stage management of the response around this Rooney thing Mm. extends it into a kind of soap opera, doesn't it? Yes. Although Max Clifford said today that if she wanted to have a career being a wag advising other women on how to deal with their husbands, then she could make, he reckons, in the course of maybe the next few years, about five million quid. But she doesn't need five million quid. She'll have far more than five million quid just from breaking up with Wayne. Yes, but she's saying, or they're they're saying she's saying, that they're going to have a chat for the sake of their their son. Yeah, well, it is sad because they do have a little child, Yes, they they do, yes. And then she was apparently hoping for another one. I don't know why it would now change, because he's been caught out for a second time. Well, because it is humiliating, isn't it? Yeah, but do you think he's been caught out for the second time and there might be other people... Probably. ...that we haven't... that haven't come forward? But the newspapers are so manipulative, there probably are other people they've got waiting in the wings... Well, this one's taken long enough to come out. ...drip drip feed it. It's like the expenses scandal. Yes. You know, the Telegraph didn't announce it all at once, did they? They just drip fed it to give the maximum effect. Very strange, isn't it? Very strange. Anyway, Simon Cowell's in the papers with his oh, high heels. I like him. Um, he needs, according to the papers, he wears three-inch high heels underneath his baggy trousers. Good. He can't cope without his posh Harrods face cream and a special <laughs> hair dryer to style his locks. Well, fair enough. He's on primetime television. You know, Absolutely. He's slightly self-conscious about his height and he wears moisturiser and he wants nice hair. That's not really much of a story, is exactly. it? Exactly. It's my tummy incident making funny noises. Simon says, how about we send the BA cabin crew to work on the underground and send the underground drivers who were on strike to be cabin crew for BA? Maybe we can solve both strikes with one go. <laughs> Seems fair enough, doesn't it, if they don't like work? I always think, you know, if somebody doesn't want to work for a particular company, don't work for them. Don't, don't be silly little girls' blouses. You know, don't work. Go work for somebody else. Much easier, isn't it, as opposed to sort of worrying about things like that. And, um, 
Next time you get on one of Boris's bikes, do it naked. I've said before, there's no chance of ever, I'm afraid, uh, getting there. Paul in Wimbledon says, some men, and I must add, uh, some women have needs. The law needs to move forward and help cater for those lonely people. It's not the fault of young males and females who want to sell their bodies. It's called market forces. No, it's called sad, desperate. They don't have needs at all. You know, we've all got... You know, I've got a need to have, you know, you know a million pounds a year coming in, but it ain't going to happen. But as it is, the police turn it. There's no question or sense in this story that anybody's going to be prosecuted. No, 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 there's, there's no prosecution so at it's all. So not, it's not a question about the law being outdated around prostitution because nobody's going to be prosecuted. Well, Cheryl kicked out story. Ashley. I mean, do you think, really... I remember, who was that? There was a very famous Tory MP and uh, he had affairs all over the place and his wife was just called long-suffering. Yeah. Because it's better to be a Tory MP's wife than... I'm sorry, who were you, dear? Oh, you were married too. I think he's actually dead now. But so, so Colleen can, if she chooses, without any pressure from the, from the press, kick him out and go, right, I'm taking you for half of everything. Yeah. That's her business. Yeah. But I suspect she won't, a bit like Abby Clancy. You know, I suspect she'll stay with Peter Crouch and, and, and people will attempt to get on with their lives. But they, they do it once, they'll do it again. It's, it's, it's whether you deal with it. I you know... Yeah, I, d- I don't really. It's, uh, I don't really think it matters too much nowadays. He hasn't killed anybody. No. So, um, uh, Sean in Ealing gets up. Tim says, "Aren't the guys who pay to sleep with the women even lower than the girls who take the money?" Well, well it's that argument, isn't it? I, I, I still argue, and we still argue now over what's a high-class prostitute. And if it's just determined by the money, because they've gone to the Daily Star, it can't be looks. Let's face it. Thing is, I'm not personally criticising the girls particularly, or criticising Wayne particularly. I just think that um, misguided people might go into this profession thinking it's a lot more glamorous than it is. Yes, and it's not. No, you can. It's very, very dangerous. Very, very. It's like uh, it's funny. We were saying on Celebrity Come Dine with me. I say celebrity. I use the term loosely. Failed old has-beens. It should be called Lembit Opic. And uh, Jodie Marsh. I'd no idea that Jodie Marsh was still even in the country. I thought she'd disappeared <laughs> completely. And you think to yourself, I remember reading part of her book. It was the biggest pile of filth I've ever read in my entire life. It was so disgusting yeah. that uh, another presenter here gave it to his daughter to read. And she wrote a note on the inside cover saying, don't ever give me this kind of filth ever again. And I thought, thank God she's disappeared from our lives. But sadly, the old bag's come back again. But uh, not for long, dear. She must be, must be about... 90. Yes, they had to keep reading it again and again. But she's, she's so ancient now. Justin says, my AOL account got hacked into and likewise ended up telling my entire address book about the wonders of Viagra. When I called AOL, they told me to simply change the password and it worked. So there you go. Well, there you go. Mine sent out all sorts of things. And Brian says, Iris went into a dress shop and said, can I try that dress on in the window? And the assistant said, no. I have to use the dressing room like everybody else. It's an oldie, but it's a goodie. William Hague has nailed the big lie that he's gay. Um, he very much enjoys That's the funniest his work, thing ever. Um, despite a week of intense speculation about his private life. Um, he apparently hugs William, but in a deeply heterosexual way. And uh, Hague says, thanks for the hugs that I take entirely in the right way. Yeah. And he's not gay at all. No. Is That's it actually possible it. to hug somebody in a, in a butch, kind of manly sort of way? I think you know, so. Like, uh, you know... I, I do yeah. it with my boss here, I mean, butch manly kind of way. Uh, butch manly Trying to strangle him, you know. Oh, no, 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 Slapping him on yeah, the back. Yeah, slapping him on the back. Until he's you know. choking. But, and I do, and, but then, of course, it raised the, the poor old question, you know, can you actually share a double room with another man without somebody thinking there's something going on? And the answer is, well, women can do it. Women can you know, do- if two women go away and share, nobody goes, oh, oh, shades of Brookside there. Two blokes go away and do it. Not all blokes. But two, no. two, and they go, ooh, there's something's going on, isn't there? 
You well, people why? do it in sort of army barracks, but or, or yeah. whatever. But I think that also you could do it in a tent, couldn't you? I don't think you would. La, anybody... la, 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 put your fingers in your ears at home. Nasty man's talking about tents again. But I don't think anybody would. It's got to be a very big tent. I think to if do you go camping. Oh, here we go again. That's right. Bring it down to that level. Or if you're an explorer. Oh my Godfather! You're climbing Everest. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't expect to be in separate tents, would you? I would. Separate tent with a flushing toilet and somewhere to plug in the hairdryer. Yeah, but you'd be glamping. Glamping. What's glamping? Glamorous camping. Glamorous camping, yes. I've got no intention. I did do camping once. Yeah, well, you'd be in a yurt with a, with yes. a proper floor and all that kind of thing. Oh, well, I, I, yes, I'd have to have someone to hang my clothes. Oh, why horrible. would you go to a hotel and stay in a... In a I wouldn't Save say... Save money. Save money as a cabinet minister. Well, yeah, well, he, well he, perhaps he's careful with, with money. Careful with money. I, I mean, I, I like the idea that I think he's a bit trusting. I think he was misguided. Well, moving away from the William Hague story to yeah. just everything else, yeah. I wouldn't share a room with another guy in an English hotel. Because why? You, you need to get another room. Yeah, but it's quite expensive to have two single rooms. Whereas if you have a, actually have a, a double room, you get a lot more room than if you're in a single little pokey room. And they, they were saying taxpayers, saving taxpayers money, so that was quite good. Well, that is quite good, I suppose. Yeah. So, in other words, if, if we go away... Did they have a twin or a double? With, I think it was a twin, actually. I think it was a twin. Yeah, it was a twin. Right. I don't know what different... What's a twin? Or two like, single two, beds. Oh, yes, it was definitely separate beds. There's no suggestion that they shared beds. But c- could you do that if you went away with a friend? Yeah. And your wife said, that's OK, and you went, to save money, we're going to be sharing a bed. Uh, is that a step too far? I don't know. What if it was a king-size bed? Ah, that's completely different. Loads of room in a king-size bed. Well, it is if you're with her, because she doesn't take up much room. But if it's a six-foot-six bloke, you know, you're going to kind of be going, listen, I'm sorry, I'm not getting as much room as I I was hoping to get. You know, give us the duvet back. You'd be fighting. I I would be fighting for the duvet. Or what if you topped and tailed? We'll take a short break, quarter to seven. (laughs) With the headline, Sam Pittis. From seven, LBC 97.3. Apparently, according to the papers, three drinks a day keeps the doctor away. Three alcoholic drinks. The producer said that doesn't count saving it all up and having one complete binge on a Saturday. Yeah, exactly. You have to do it three, three a day. Sometimes they do 21 drinks at once. Yes. No, I can't yes. be doing that. It's apparently, they say, despite current health advice to have no more than two drinks a night, experts found that having three tipples does no harm. So, there you go. So you can have three drinks a day. How big's the drink? Well, it, I don't know. Normal-sized drinks, I suppose. Yeah. Women are told to drink no more than 14 units a week, which is two single gin and tonics a day. <laughs> oh, it's all hopeless. It's hopeless. I mean, you'd be, you'd be going out there going, wait a minute, I've just had it. No, I've had my quota for the day. I can only have one more gin and tonic. That's it. In Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, they all share a bed, don't they? You're obsessed. Yeah, but Noddy and Big Ears, we had the same trouble. Goldilocks and the Three Bears. I mean, what was going on there? Oh, they're all in bed together. And as for Peter Pan's best friend being a fairy, I don't even want to go down that no, route, I'm afraid. Okay. It's all a bit... Wa- Either way, the papers now are so desperate for stories... Yeah. ...that Wayne Rooney getting off with uh, with some girl who apparently charges £1,200 is a front-page headline. Or failing that Cheryl Cole's divorce... Yeah. ...is a front-page headline. Whereas or she did the right thing, Tigers I think. Tiger's Ellen. Tiger's Ellen, she's all over the papers, isn't she? She's looking for a new home close to the cheating golf star. Oh, because oh, of the kids, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. I, I can understand that. Sixty-five million quid she's made. Sixty-five million quid out of the divorce. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You see, there you go. That's why all these girls hang around the nightclubs, you know, wearing very little to try and snare a thick footballer, and then as soon as you've got that, whoopee, you're made. Yeah. Just send another girl in. Yes. To sleep with him. 
sell her story. Yes. You can then yes. sell your story. Yes. They can break up and you can go off into the sunset yeah. at 65 million quid. What is it about stupid footballers? I can't understand. I mean, I've seen them before on the television <laughs> and they tend, they, they tend to go out with bimbo types. Well, they're just like everybody. They're just like Jeremy... It's like watching the Jeremy Kyle show, but everybody's got money. Oh, that's awful. I mean, the other day, I did sit there and watch three of the biggest people I've ever seen and two boyfriends, and one of them had stolen money. So they all had the lie detector test. And um, the girlfriend, who was the biggest out of all of them, burst into tears when she discovered it was her boyfriend who'd stolen her mum's £200. And he's sitting there going, I never touched it. I never, never touched nothing. Because they're always very good at you know, the command of the English language. Never yep. touched nothing. I never touched it, right? I never did it like babe. And she's, of course, inconsolable. She's and all that kind of stuff. And I sat there watching it thinking, why would you want to go on television? It's like dieters. Half of dieters fail to keep the pounds off. And they've got a picture of Natalie Cassidy in 2008. Sadly, the other is she has regained the fuller figure and added to it so well. <laughs> she looks like she's walking about on two sequoias, I'm afraid. We know she's pregnant, so she's doing a reality show about the, the only woman in the world to become pregnant. Poor Heather Mills. A oh. charity talk by Heather Mills was cancelled because not enough wanted people wanted to come and listen to her life story. She was charging £3,000 <laughs> for a motivational talk in Leicester, oh, right. but they only sold 100 tickets, so it wasn't enough to even break even, so it had to be cancelled. They cancelled it. Yeah. Mind you, I'm surprised 100 people wanted to actually go and see Heather Mills. I wouldn't... I wouldn't pay a penny to go and see Heather Mills, I'm afraid. Just not good at all. Uh, There's a a debt-ridden bank manager. You you think you've got problems out there, especially if you're getting a letter from the Inland Revenue, but a debt-ridden bank manager who plundered customers' accounts to pay his son's private school fees has finally gone to prison for 18 months. Sir Hale Malik stole £61,000 from clients' uh, things so he could send his son to a private school. Dreadful, isn't it, really? By contrast, Bob Diamond... Um, Chelsea-loving multi-millionaire US investment banker. He's going to be the chief executive of Barclays. He's a sports fanatic. He's a friend of Kevin Spacey's. He's a friend of John Terry's. He's worth a hundred million quid, and he loves sport. Oh. Oh. And he's going to be the new head of Barclays. Oh, that's nice. Fifty-nine years old with the falsest, fakest-looking veneers you've ever seen. Well, he's got 100 million quid. Yeah, well, you'd have thought he'd get better teeth. Apparently, my ex shares a room with his mates when they go motorbike touring, says Sarah. What's the problem? So there you go. So if you can think of something butch enough, like motorbike touring or climbing mountains, then it's all right. I bet Ben Fogel and James Cracknell shared a bed and a boat when they were going around the world. So, you know, there are circumstances within which everybody thinks it's all right. Yeah. It's just as kind of... Mm. Puppeteering's out the window, then, is it, I suppose? A Malmaison in Manchester, or whatever it is, suddenly doesn't sound quite so Steve, I've stayed in a hotel room with my mate, and in the same bed, as it was the only room left, we said we wouldn't tell anybody, as they'd think we were gay. Yeah, but you probably are gay. That's the trouble. You know, spending the night in the bed. Oh, that's... Oh, definitely. You're you're definitely whoopsie material there. I'm sorry, not in the same bed. Unless you're really drunk. They'll think we're gay. Let's not tell anybody. Let's write to Steve Allen on LBC and tell him. Yeah. So if you're listening, Brian. Oh, it's oh, it's oh, is it Terry? Oh, it's Terry. Poor old Terry. Oh, poor oh. Terry. Terry and Lout. Never mind. Ter- Terry's wife will be going. What? When we was this? <laughs> and Steve, what about the? There were ten in the bed, and the little one said, "Roll over, roll over." So they all rolled over, and one fell out. There were nine in. The- yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah. I thought about that. What a worry. The things we worry about today. I don't like to worry about this kind of stuff. You've made us all think now. Yeah, we don't know what's right and wrong anymore. We didn't think it. I mean, I never thought... I just never thought about it. No. 
I wish William Hague hadn't said anything at all, because he's ruined it for all those straight, heterosexual men out there who wanted to go and share... Happily sharing beds Happily with sharing their beds with their close friends. I mean, Zippy, George and Bungle. Oh, no, no, Zippy. You know, they all went out and shared beds. There was nothing going on. Nothing untoward. Well, I don't know. I mean, I was a bit suspect about Bungle. Well, I mean, didn't you think Bungle was a bit of a worry? There was a nursery Bungle rhyme wasn't at there. school with Bungle that we used to sing. Really? Yes. Yeah, so we'd all got funny songs. Um, did you? I, I mentioned earlier on about the people going to uh, the Strictly Come Dancing thing. Oh yeah. Which is the people obviously need the money, including Anne Widdicombe. Now I can't help feeling that there's not going to be much lifting going on. When it comes to right. Anne Whittacombe's dancing, unless you pick the strongest... Because dancers are strong, it has to be said. They are very strong. Ballet Somebody's going to have to pick Anne Whittacombe up. Yes. Yes. The there trouble she is, is resplendent she... in her blue frock and gold sort of lame Does waistcoat. she not realise that, you know, it's just an embarrassment? Yeah. You know, it's, this is for people who are not just taking the money... You know, this is for people who seriously want, well, hopefully seriously want to learn to dance. You know, they've made some sort of effort. Anne Whittacombe appears to have made no, no effort at all for it. Former Destiny's Child, Michelle Williams, um, Jimmy Mystery. I haven't seen Jimmy Mystery on in anything for a long time. Amanda likes him. She likes Jimmy Mystery. Oh, does she? She, know, she went, Quar. She likes Jimmy Mystery. She likes Jimmy Mystery. Because um. he, he's in anything that's got the word East on it. Yes. You know, which is good. She likes him a lot. Oh. He's like, like... No, did you not say four? I thought you said four. No, I just said four. No, she doesn't say four. She doesn't say four. No, four. she doesn't say four. She, she says four. Four. <laughs> yeah, she goes, I really like him. He's really nice, because she's got one of those sort of, like, I'm page-free girl, you know, uh, kind of voices. <laughs> Morecambe and Wise shared a bed, says Andrew. Yeah, and? Yeah. You see, the trouble is, I think we're reading too much into it. Well, obviously, it. men share cells in prisons. Yeah, but that's kind of... I don't, I don't want to go down that route. I mean, I think we could be in a lot of trouble on that one, you know, because I think, you know, if, if you're actually going in, into prison and they go, you're going to be sharing a cell you're going to be in here for six years, I think you're going to be coming out walking a bit like John Wayne, aren't you? I mean, I don't think you're going to be coming out, you know. I think you're going to be getting on that bicycle side saddle. Well, the whole thing's a puzzle now. What do we do? Well, we, we don't go out. We stay in, and that's why it's Wednesday, and we're, we're not going anywhere today. I'm staying in. I'm too frightened to go out now. Well, everybody will think everybody's gay. Well, but, but, well, they probably are. So we're all staying in. Ugh. Don't go out at all. No. And do your zip out properly. Yeah. Right. Thank you very much indeed, Jonathan. Thank you very much. Jonathan's back next week. And uh, then we can talk about the programmes he's working on at the moment. <laughs> Colleen, the life story. Wayne. <laughs> Actually, I'm quite sure that the two girls who've been in the front of all the papers are now heading for a TV career. I've just got this feeling it's, it's just around the corner. Listen, I'm back with you tomorrow morning. And um, you can podcast the programme. Do please podcast, Twitter, do all the usual kind of stuff. It's lbc.co.uk. You can uh, catch up with the blog as well a little bit later on. Have a look at all the lovely photos online. And we'll do it again tomorrow morning, when, uh, once again, we shall regale you with who you can't sleep with on the programme. I'm Steve Allen. Nick's with you after seven. First of all, the business update, Sam Pittis.